and welcome to episode 100 of the BMcast. Not a podcast that is dedicated to spamming the Your Go emote on Arena, but the show about playing Magic the Gathering on a budget. I am Scott and I'm joined by the Monastery Swift Spear herself, Emma. How are you doing today? Yeah, not too bad. Mixed week, but I can't really complain too much. Mm-hmm. As for content this week, I'll be breaking down some of those sweet, sweet pauper downshifts for Double Masters mm-hmm. 2022 that we're both excited about. Because the set just seems really stacked for commons. There's at least two dozen that seem really good. Yeah. Um, so that goes up on Monday this week. And then on Wednesday, I look at some of the best Double Masters 2022 reprints for modern. Because mm-hmm. there is a good opportunity for some budget-focused modern players to pick up these cards more affordably. Mm-hmm. That goes up on Wednesday. And the be both up on TCG Player by about the time you listen to this episode. So check those out. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I've just been checking out addressing some self-care just given you know how the last week has played out in the Mm. news however i did pick up an air fryer yes i've joined i've joined the cult it is a huge life changer um i've only air fried like sides for now um so i've done stuff like sweet potato fries cauliflower spinach and it's Mm -hmm. all tasted so so good i'm really excited to do some baking with it most notably make some donuts Mm -hmm. yep that just sounds great but it feels like yeah. I, I can pretty much throw anything in there and it's going to taste great. So I'm really excited just to mess around and figure stuff out. One thing that I would recommend personally is line the tray on the inside with like mm. tin foil and do marinated chicken thighs. Ooh. They're done in like 15 minutes, like eight minutes aside. Just wonderful. I want to do stuff like fish and tofu as well. So I do yeah. like tofu. Brian tofu sounds mm-hmm. great. But yeah, so that's going to be a long quest of appreciation for this new air fryer. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it from me this week. How about you? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm considering what it would take to make an air fryer podcast now. Uh, I mean, we could do that. <laughs> <laughs> the air fry cast. Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. Um, you might hear it a little bit in my voice, but I am a bit under the weather. For the first time since 2019, to be fair. While I am thankful for being, you know, healthy for that long, I am not used to being even the slightest bit sick, like it's a bit of a sinus thing and a bit of a cough, and it just feels horrible and I can't deal with it. I'm okay with admitting that I'm soft and I'm not okay with it, you know, miserable, but, you know, generally speaking, it's fine though. Content-wise, we've actually got a bit of overlap again this week because I am also talking about the popper downshifts. I go into like what decks might want to see use with some of the new commons as well as new archetypes that might be spawned from them as well. So slightly different angle on it, but that is live on Car Kingdom now. You can check that out after the show. Uh, outside of Magic, I did a couple of different things this week. I went to my friend John's gig in Fibbers the other night. If you don't know Fibbers, it is a fairly famous rock and metal bar in Dublin city centre. It was a really great night. They were like a new metal cover band, so they were doing like loads of Linkin Park and Limp Bizkit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was real good. I'm not used to being in loud dark spaces with smoke machines anymore, though. I walked out of there feeling like completely desiccated. Oh, wow. (laughs) It was... Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. But the following day, Leanne and myself, uh, we went over to the Pride Festival that's on in Marion Square here in Dublin, which was nice. Uh, I was a little too hungover to enjoy it fully. And weirdly, my main criticism of the entire festival was when I went to go and find food, there were three options. There was a small pizza stand. There was a, an ice cream truck. And there was a tent just selling full loaves of bread. I'm like, what of kind of Pride Festival food is this? Like... <laughs> This is nonsense. You know what right? I'm going to do at the Pride Festival? I'm going to pick up a loaf of bread to take home with me. Right? Like, who does that? <laughs> That's weird. I'm not, I'm not judging, but I'm just saying, like, 
before you go selling loaves of bread, maybe consider like a burger or something. (laughs) Or a stir fry or... But it was still good. It was still good, for sure. Um, I've actually been watching quite a lot of stuff recently, which is not something I usually do. But I finally got back into Attack on Titan. So I got properly into it when the first season came out. But then while I was waiting for season two, my brain was like, oh, let's just forget that exists. And then I never got back to it. And now it's like nearly finished or finished. I'm not 100% sure. But, you know, I tried to get back into it last year being like, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna do it this time. And it was just too grim. Like I was in the wrong headspace. It's, just it's quite not. a lot. It's very intense. Yeah. yeah. Like after like three episodes or so, you're like, oh, I like this character. Oh, no, no, stop. Stop. Don't get attached. Don't attach. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't manage it. I only got a few episodes through uh, the last time, but better headspace now. And I've powered through the first three seasons over the course of a week. So, like, you know, oh, that's wow. good. I'm starting the fourth season tonight, actually. Speaking of fourth season, I also powered through Stranger Things in the last two or three weeks or so. I need to watch I didn't, that still. Yeah, I didn't watch it when it first came out either because I'm just terrible for watching. Like, I'll see things, I'll be like, oh, that looks great. And then again, my brain is like, you're going to forget that exists. And so that happens to me with basically every piece of media in existence in the world. And that's why I only started watching it over the last, like, two or three weeks or so. But watched the whole thing, really, really enjoyed it. I'm now talking theories constantly of, like, what's going to happen at the end of uh, this season, as well as, like, big tinfoil hat theories for, like, the whole world and universe that's in it. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's real good. I think my issue with TV shows when they're ongoing, so stuff like Stranger Things, mm. I'm like, I'll wait until it's finished and I can watch it all in one go. That I get, yeah. Either never finishes mm. because Netflix loves to hash this stuff out repeatedly, or I'm just like, I don't have the bandwidth to watch it all now <laughs> because <laughs> something's changed. But I, I don't, yeah. I don't like waiting for a seat, like watching a season and then waiting ages to watch another season. Because then I feel like I have mm. to rewatch the previous season to know what's going on in the current season. That makes sense. It feels like a, a yeah. like I'm in limbo all the time. Yeah. Which is a shame because I think Stranger Things is up my street, but it's just again. <laughs> I'd say so. Yeah. So Emma, have we got any housekeeping this week? We do have some housekeeping this week, so we'd like to give a warm welcome and thank you to Paul Newman, who is the latest patron of the Cheering Fanatic tier. So thank you very Mm. much for your support. And also, as Scott mentioned in the intro earlier, uh, is our 100th episode. So as to celebrate our 100th episode, we're going to be doing a small giveaway in the next few weeks or so. There's going to be some goodies to give out that you can win. We're just Mm -hmm. ironing out the last few bits and bobs that we're looking to give away, so just keep an eye out on our Twitter, at at the BMcast, and you'll find out more. If you enjoy the BMcast and would like to support them, you can become a patron for as little as $3. Not only will you get access to all of the show notes and deck lists, but you get to listen to the new episodes a day earlier than anyone else. Visit patreon.com forward slash the BMcast to join today. There are also free ways to support them too. Just listening to the show is already great. You can follow them on their Twitter at the BMcast as well, and even DM them for a link to the Discord server. No matter your budget, we'll make sure you get your stonks on. Okay, so before we go any further, Emma, it is in fact your week for Card of the Week. So what have you got for me? 
It is. So this one I've put in Quintorius recently that I've really enjoyed and seen, you know, really impressed with how it's playing out. And this mm. is Rumor Gatherer from Streets of New Capenna. Mm. So for one generic and two white, you get an elf wizard creature that is a two one. And it reads, it has alliance, which is whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you scry one. If this is the second time this ability has resolved this turn, you draw mm. a card instead. Yeah. So it's excellent for like mono white blink or token heavy commander decks. As I mentioned earlier, Quintorius is essentially a spirits token deck. So I'm able to scry and draw off this, you know, fairly regularly. Mm. Um, also, it's worth noting after drawing a card from the second creature that's entered the battlefield, you still scry after that point as well. It doesn't stop. So you still get that value. Yeah. And it's white card draw. Mm. Who doesn't love white card draw? And you just draw cards from doing white stuff, which is playing creatures. I think this is just really good for an uncommon for Commander. Yeah. It's also got really sweet art with like miniature elephants and giraffes and that kind of thing. There's a little cow as well, which I appreciate mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, like we said earlier, it's our 100th episode. So, you know, we figured we would do something a little different to sort of commemorate it. And we have settled on doing like a little sort of magic then versus now kind of thing. So we're going to look back at magic over the course of the two or so years and see how magic has changed since we first started the cast. The first episode for context was back when Corset 2022 was coming out. So back when standard sets still sucked. So... (laughs) (laughs) Um, So an awful lot has happened. The first thing that we were going to look into was banned and restricted. And I suggested this earlier and I started writing it down. And like 15 (laughs) minutes later, I still wasn't finished typing it out. So like... We'll see, we're busy. And this is just... And these are the bands that about the formats we care about. So we're not including mm-hmm. standard, not including legacy or vintage or any of those or any of the arena bands. This is just mm-hmm. pioneer, modern, and pauper and commander. Um, yeah, and it was still quite a lot. An awful lot, yeah, a huge amount. And <laughs> I have to say that despite the fact that we have gone through a ton of different bands over different formats over the course of these two years. I think they're doing okay. Like, I think in the grand scheme of things, most of the time, the right cards are being hit. Mm. They might be taking a little longer than they should at times. But overall, I think a lot of these that have happened over this time have been pretty okay, actually. I don't think I've ever seen anyone complain about the actual cards being banned. I think they're just Mm. complaining of how long it took to get banned. Um, but yeah. I think a lot of these are nail on heads and I do like how Wizards of the Coast are being more proactive with bans uh, as we've mm-hmm. seen recently as they banned Winota they put a hedge against the Izzet deck so they took iteration out of the equation so that doesn't become too powerful um, it's just a really proactive way so they're not, they're not just looking at oh yeah this card's really good we're just hitting this and ignoring everything else mm. which is nice to see yeah for sure so we're going to flick through the sort of bans by month We know that in some of these cases, there were multiple announcements within a single month. We're just going to sort of shove them all together for sake of efficiency. Um, (laughs) This is a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, right. It's a podcast. It's not a massive wiki entry like, you know. Um, So starting off back in July 2020, when we started, there was an unban on Oath of Nissa in Pioneer, which at the time people were like, oh, is it going to break monogreen devotion? Turns out no. Nykthos is just good enough at doing that by itself. Um, And now it's the best deck of Pioneer. Yeah. That was it for Pioneer. There were no bans there, actually. But in Pauper, there was Mystic Sanctuary ban, which I do think was correct. 
and then expedition map which was i don't agree I was extremely against this at the time. I was against um, it too, because everyone's like, but what about crop rotation? Because Tron just played crop rotation instead. And it was yep. hitting the wrong card in Tron, because you can tell what's he just kind of looked at going, hey, you know what slows down Tron? Expedition map, because that's what it does mm-hmm. in modern, so therefore it must be true in Pauper. Um, which is not the case, as we all know. Mm-hmm. And as you'll see later on, the bans reflected on what should have been hit correctly. And yeah. it's eventually on ban as well because it should have been banned in the first place. <laughs> yeah, this to me read as one of the few poor ban choices because it came across to me as like, we don't fully understand the format because we're not bothered too much. Yeah. So let's just, uh, this card, let's get rid of this card, yeah. see how it goes. I do, I do think that's yeah. true for Ragavan and Legacy as well, but I know we don't touch on Legacy, but that feels like a little bit of a an issue as well where you could probably ban say expressive iteration instead and that would be more impactful than say Ragavan but we don't cover legacy it's just worth mentioning mm-hmm. and then August 2020 this is when the next big pioneer hit happened so this was a little bit after the point where in pioneer they were like oh we're gonna ban things every week or two and sort of see how things yeah. go or whatever it had been a little bit of a gap at this point and people were like what are you going to do about this inverter deck what are you going to do about these uh, Lotus Field decks and that kind of thing? So they finally got rid of Inverter of Truth, Katus the Hidden Hand, Underworld Breach and Walking Ballista to then also hit the, the Heliod decks as well. So I think overall that was like a really, really sound choice. All four of those, I think, were not good for the format. Yeah, it was also at a point when the pandemic was really in, in effect and there was lockdowns mm. as well. So people weren't playing Pioneer online and Pioneer became very combo focused. So they really yeah. had to address it with these bands and correctly. So I yeah. completely forgot Kefis was banned until now. So yeah. <laughs> it's been that long. Yeah. Then we had nothing through these formats until January, where in Pauper, Fall from Favor was banned because that was in Commander Legends, and yeah. they wanted to make sure that like these cheap Monarch effects and stuff weren't just getting bandied around by already the best decks and stuff. So It was a little yeah. late, I think, because Commander Legends Agreed. came out in November um, mm-hmm. the year before. What, three months is way too late. But again, it's not surprising that they took this long. Um, yeah. But it's glad it's banned because that card is silly. Yep, absolutely. Then the following month, two huge, huge bands. First, across modern, there was Field of the Dead, Mystic Sanctuary, Simeon Spirit Guide, Tibble's Trickery, and Uro Titan of Nature's Wrath. I think every single one of these is completely, absolutely Agreed. fair. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous cards. Yeah. Yeah. And then Pioneer again was still just being a bit unfun at this point because it was all wilderness reclamation decks it was all teferi decks and then there was those uh sort of dredge decks where it was like i'm just gonna play a load of mdfcs then i'm gonna play balistrad spies and that kind of thing mill my whole deck over you die and so balistrad spy under city informer teferi uro and wilderness wreck all thrown out the window which every single one of those i think was also a spot-on choice Especially Teferi. I was very, I was very happily surprised to see Teferi Time Raveler go. I remember yeah. Wizards of the Coast just going, there's going to be an Uro day soon where we're going to ban Uro mm-hmm. in multiple formats. So we knew that Uro was going to get hit in Modern and Pioneer, but what we didn't know was all these other cards getting hit at the same time. So it was yeah. just like a clean sweep of, the, of these two formats, which was great. I think these yeah. are all correct bans. Yeah, total shake-up, particularly in Pioneer, and mm-hmm. I think the format like desperately needed it. Yeah, you're right. 
then we were fine for a few months. Everything seemed okay. Except, you know, the Commander community were complaining about Hull Breacher, which then subsequently right, got banned in July. Yeah, I mean, I, d I don't think it's good for the format. Um, I know there are some people out there that love it, that miss it. I understand, but I also don't care. I think it was right. You know, you know it's bad when it gets knocked out of Vintage Cube due to community fallout that the mm. car gets put out of Vintage Cube. And that's like yeah. the most powerful way to play Magic. And if people don't want to play with that in Vintage Cube, that should just give you an idea of how stupid that card is. <laughs> yeah. Not, not a fan of that style of thing myself anyway, but yeah. Then September rolled along, 2021. In Pauper, things were looking a bit wild at this point, where Affinity was like absolutely ridiculously absurd with the... Sojourner's Companions, the Mirror Forces, all that stuff, basically playing tons of enormous chonkers for free, and also the Storm decks that were running Chatterstorm and that kind of thing. And so Chatterstorm and Sojourner's Companion got banned. I wasn't very happy about the Sojourner's Companion ban. I still am not, because what I would like Affinity to end up being, once it like finally hits its final iteration and is settled, is something that gets to play big creatures like this for cheap and be really aggressive but at the same time also have significant weaknesses which it currently doesn't have so yeah i'm i'm still on the fence about this one personally so i agree with chatterstorm um my only caveat with that ban is that i think galvanic relay should have been hit at the same time absolutely for context uh so this ban happened what, in September 2021? Modern Horizons mm -hmm. 2 came out in June 2021. So there's a good three months yeah. of these really powerful storm cards. Affinity running wild because you have the artifact indestructible lands, which is what made Sojourner's Sojourner Companion so good, um, which, is why, which is why it's banned. I'm also on the fence on Companion, to be honest, but I think it's just a martyr for the artifact indestructible lands at the moment, unfortunately. Potentially. I originally was like, well... You know what? I really like the Artifact Indestructible Lands. And now, if, if given the choice, if it was like, keep the Artifact Indestructible Lands or keep Sojourner's Companion, at this point, I think I might be on the Indestructible Lands. And the reason that I say it is because the mid-range decks playing Cleansing Wildfire packages and stuff is an interesting, different, unique angle mm. on gameplay, very much like the way Monarch is and stuff, which is seemingly to stay in Pauper forever. So, you know, I... I can see both sides of the coin. I think I'm just like, personally, I prefer the Cleansing Wildfire packages as being cool and interesting. Sure. It just depends you know? where Affinity goes with future sets, because if there's just yeah. more powerful artifacts and stuff, it, yeah. it could be a Disciple of the Vault thing where is it just going to become a problem at some point anyway? Who knows? But Who either knows? way. And then there was also a very interesting and very controversial uh, commander banned and restricted announcement. Golos Tireless Pilgrim was banned for being, well, ridiculous, honestly. Too good. Whenever you wanted to make a deck that was just full of good cards and stuff, you could just play Golos and that would be good enough. Golos's activated ability would just let you play a bunch of incredible stuff for free. Also, the fact that when it ECBs, you searched up a land, it meant that it was effectively discounting its commander tax every single time it was played. So, you know, not great. But a lot of people got very upset about this because a lot of people played Golos decks because it was able to do so many different things in so many different ways. It was just a generic good card in the command zone and that made things difficult. Unfortunately, 
Gates decks were hit pretty hard there, the five color Gates decks, because Golos mm. was the de facto best five color yes. commander for that specific strategy. It just happened to also be generically good for everything else. So, you know. But the interesting thing here was the Worldfire Unban, which up until now, I have not played against Worldfire once. And I've played Same. at a number of different power levels and dozens and dozens and dozens of games. I know one or two people that play with it and they find it fun, but ultimately just like hard to set up and it's kind of whatever. I think it was a fine unban. I think ultimately it's done nothing. Uh, so It's a very forgettable unban, isn't it? Mm. I think for yeah. the current power level of Commander, it seems pretty forgettable, which makes it safe mm. as well at the same time. Yeah. Then moving all the way from September 2021 to January 2022, we're already in this year, Pauper had Atog, Bonders Ornament and Prophetic Prism banned in order to keep the Affinity deck in check and also the Tron decks from getting easy access to colors for free and that kind of thing. Yeah, so the format panel became a thing in January 2022. And this mm -hmm. was the first thing we decided to kind of hit because we knew Affinity was a problem. We knew ATOG had that huge combo sort of aspect yeah. that we needed to quell. And we also figured out every time there's like a ban or an unban, Tron would just be immediately good again because they have access to all mm -hmm. these colors as well as the seven generic mana from all the Tron lands. So we wanted to really punish the uh, the rainbow mana effects of so stuff like Bond's yeah. Ornament and Prophetic Prism just to at least not kill Tron because killing, killing decks is not doesn't always seem great but just funneling it into two or three colors just to make it a bit more diverse yeah absolutely and then we shift on over to march 2022 when oh god i was waiting so damn long for this one Same. modern and pioneer lures of the dream den kicked right out of the format yeeted into the sun good luck Thank see god. you never happy days yeah. and this is also when pauper got another hit with galvanic relay which took Long enough to get done, but Agreed. we got there. Along with uh, Disciple of the Vault. And then Expedition Map was correctly and fairly unbanned. My, my, the hilarious thing about the, the unban or that pauper announcement it was people didn't realise that Expedition Map was banned, which kind of mm. tells you like, it shouldn't have been banned in the first place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Lurus being out of I've both formats is fantastic because I hated how it yeah. just gate kept all these higher expensive higher mana value cards out of the format yeah that's it and then the final one that we talked about recently was in pioneer expressive iteration and winona joiner of forces so yeah we've already had a chat about that one we think it's good and fairly heads up and yeah so there was a lot like there were some seriously massively impactful changes mm. on those formats over that time and if you look back on deck lists from like before the bands, after the bands, and now, like the formats all look so different. Yeah, it's crazy. There are a couple of decks that have like persevered through, but interestingly as well, there's been like some that have sort of altered and changed and stuff as well. Like for example, I played Mono Blue Tempo in Pioneer roughly around the time when the podcast started back in 2020. And that deck technically is still around and technically is a top tier deck, but it's now Mono Blue Spirits and it runs that Spirit sub theme with the Snowland so that you have access to Faceless Haven and that kind of thing. And it's, it's an evolution on something that has already existed. And that kind of thing to see is not only very interesting, but it's very cool. It, it shows that like a 
format, an eternal format, is not going to stay the same forever. And personally, I think an awful lot of modern players need to just learn that, like, sorry, modern isn't the way it was in 2016 or 2018 or whatever. It has updated and it has changed. Modern Horizons exists. It just completely disrupted the format in every way that we know possible. Yeah, but at at the same time, even if that didn't happen, like, those the decks from that time still would have evolved and changed as well, mm. even without the, the forced evolution of Modern Horizons and that kind of thing. It, it's, a, it's a living, breathing format, and I do think that in the grand scheme of things, whatever about our criticisms of the cost or accessibility of Modern Horizons sets and stuff, I do think that they are doing a good job of keeping the formats constantly evolving. Because I always hear this thing, and this is a mini rant here, is that they're they're quote unquote and I'm air quoting real hard here that they're I like can, I can show Scott is very air <laughs> right now just for proof <laughs> yeah yeah on webcam yeah. that they're turning like eternal formats into rotating formats by adding these Modern Horizon sets and stuff and like first of all they're releasing the Modern Horizon sets and stuff for two reasons one the money let's be straight up it's money they're doing it for money they're a business. You should not be shocked or surprised at this at all. You know, it's a product. That's it. Also, like I said before, the reason that they were doing it, and I said this back when the first Modern Horizons came out, the reason they were doing it, in my opinion, my tinfoil hat theory, was that they Mm. wanted to distance themselves as much from Legacy as possible because that is a format that people were still trying to keep popular and trying to move away from that so that they didn't have to deal with the problem that is the reserve list. And I think they've done that successfully because they've made modern feel a little bit more like Legacy did a few years ago or whatever. It's like Legacy Bites, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, we're playing more powerful magic in modern than we were before. And that's cool. Some people are going to really like that. And if you don't like that, Pioneer is here. It's fresh. It's cheap. It's when I I say cheap, I mean compared to modern. And yeah, and it's it's great. You know, it's there. If you want to play that more fair, more accessible version of Magic, it's there. If you want to keep playing modern and stuff, it is going to get a little bit more pricey because of the way that they've done it. Now, I'm not saying the way they did it is right. I'm just saying that the way they did it makes sense for them as a business without... Like, they could have done it worse, is what I'm saying. But, yeah, yeah. for as big as big and greedy a company as they are, they've <laughs> they've done it kind of okay. You know, I'm not going to say they did it great, but this could be a much worse situation if they really wanted it to be. So Wait for Pioneer Horizons in five years' time. <laughs> Stop. Don't <laughs> jinx it, Emma. Jesus Christ. <sighs> okay. Okay, in an attempt to make that not manifest, we'll move on to something else, which is, it's actually a bit of a segue from what I was talking about there, which is about the set releases, right? So over the course of the podcast, we have had, in standard sets, we've had Corset 21, Zendikar Rising, Time, Strixhaven School of Mages, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, Midnight Hunt, Crimson Vow, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, and Streets of New Capenna. That's quite a bit. But they're all the standard sets. They're the ones that we're used to. And the additional sets on top of that have been Jumpstart, Double Masters, Commander Legends, Time Spiral Remastered, Modern Horizons 2, Battle for Baldur's Gate, and Double Masters 2022. All within that same space of time. So 
if you look at this, right, let's just count these out now. I'm, I'm literally just going to count them as I see them on the show notes here, right? So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine standard sets, right? And then we have seven, seven? Yeah. non-standard sets, okay? Now, excluding anything that came out on Arena or anything else, at that time, these are just full set paper releases. There's a couple of Challenger decks I think we covered briefly as well, like the Pioneer Very ones, true. I believe, yeah. but they're not like set releases. Yeah. They're just like ancillary products. Yeah, so we have 16 sets here, okay? Now, over the course of two years, when we had this podcast, right, there's been 16 sets, okay? That has been eight sets per year, okay? And when you break that down over the 12-month period, you're looking at like one and a half months per thing less like that's what we're looking at and that's from the the moment it comes out to the moment the next one comes out so like the the typical cycle is like the preview season lasts for like say two weeks then there's a week and then there's the set release and then there's like two weeks of that set release being out and people like adjusting metagames and learning about the new cards and yeah. stuff and then before you know it a week from then you're, you're basically back in on the preview season so this is what people have been talking about with the perpetual preview season it just never ends and it, it has not ended it has not ended. it's still and going it eats up a lot of our what we want to do in content as well let's be honest yeah because we feel obligated not necessarily pressured but obligated to cover these sets like these previews Mm -hmm. and these releases when they come out because people want to hear them people want to know about the sets so it kind of is difficult for us to do these and do you know all the commander stuff that we want to do or the modern guides we want to do because there's a new set coming out every month (laughs) yeah it's difficult at times and now we have said before that it is frustrating for this kind of thing for us to be able to try and get in the things that we want to do and that sort of stuff. We do feel like an obligation to cover as much as humanly possible. And, you know, maybe we should be realizing that that's not actually entirely possible. This is why we moved away from like arena stuff, because you can have a podcast by itself for just arena things and have it wall to wall full every single week. formats came out since the podcast started. You had Alchemy and Explorer, like that's becoming its own entity. Exactly. And when you look at the number of unique cards that are coming out per year. April King at Cube April on Twitter put up recently the number of unique cards per year, which excludes reprints and art variations. So just unique cards. For example, in 2012, there were 729 new unique cards. In 2016, there was 1,024. In 2020, there were 1,237. And estimated for this year is 2032 that is a lot that is a that's a huge jump in 10 years it's a huge jump in two as well to be honest 800 in two years now i don't get me wrong i do understand how and why this happens it's because we have these additional big supplemental sets like commander legends and that kind of thing and they're huge sets and i understand that and i personally don't have a huge problem as much anymore with seeing these numbers and stuff because i'm like well i know i get to pick and choose what i talk about because there's just so much that we have to just cherry pick what we want and we can live with that you know that does mean that like while we might not cover all the content that you might want to listen to it does mean that someone else is going to as well which means that not only are more creators getting 
around to people and covering what they want. But the quality is also going to be higher when creators do that because rather than trying to spread yourself really, really thin across a bunch of stuff, you're instead working on the one or two things and really going in with that, which is why we've been doing what we've been doing over the past while, yeah. where we're focusing down on Pioneer, Modern and Commander because everything else is already being covered by a load of other people and better than we do it. So <laughs> Yeah, and plus the formats we talk about are the formats we actually play as well. True. We don't play standard. Uh, I haven't played Arena since Strixhaven mm-hmm. and that was because there was a pandemic going on and I couldn't play tabletop. So, I don't know. Like, there's no point talking about this stuff if we're not going to play it. Um, yeah. And there are other podcasts that could probably do it much better than us for standard mm-hmm. Arena. So. Yeah. Now... Over the course of the pandemic as well, Emma, you came into doing writing like full time. Yeah. And you have some sort of like data and information based on like the release of these preview seasons and stuff that you were talking about with me before. Do you want to share a little bit of that with the the listeners? So from a creator perspective, so someone who looks at previews and looks at the content, the the set release schedule and just tries to you know plan what they're doing for the next x months um so for tcg player for example i don't really cover previews in the sense that i'm up singularly uploading cards like a database or anything like that mm-hmm. what i do is i write about the content when it's previewed i help edit it i help schedule it i assign pitches to like contributors who may want to cover this stuff as well so there's a lot of mm-hmm. back-end work a lot of unseen hours trying to get all this stuff to work tcg but yeah for context i only we only do tabletop stuff because tcg player doesn't care about arena because we're not the platform for it um so we only focus on tabletop stuff so for example with the battle for Baldur's gate release which was you know not too long ago there were six days between that release and Double Masters 2022 preview starting. So mm. That's not even a week. Yeah. So that's six days to pretty much wrap up Battle for Baldur's Gate content and then shift focus towards Double Masters 2022. Yeah. Because we need to be in line with what everyone else wants to read. So obviously players and readers would want to think, cool, Battle for Baldur's Gate's out, Double Masters is up next. I, I want to read stuff about Double Masters. Yeah. And with that, content becomes really redundant really quickly and trying to keep that pace, is, it can be tricky. It is extremely tiring, not only to write, but just trying to jigsaw piece this massive puzzle of, you know, ongoing schedules is quite tough. Mm. Recently, Saffron Olive threw out a tweet just saying that he and Goldfish are unable to cover every single set release or preview season just because there's just so much of it. Granted, they yeah. cover the arena stuff as well as the tabletop stuff. But mm-hmm. if Saffron Olive is struggling as someone who's ridiculously on top of this stuff and well-informed yeah. and often ahead on these things, um, it should give you an idea of like, how bad it's getting for, for creators because it's, mm-hmm. it's just ongoing. It never ends. And you can't really pick and choose what to cover because... For example, with TCG player, they make money, so I need to cover the products that they're selling. It's, yeah. it's, I don't have a choice. It's an obligation. So yeah, it's pretty tiring. Um, so mm. just think of us when there's like fifty <laughs> previews going on in a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think I think that's like the the sort of the big difference between creators and regular players because regular players could be like, I don't give a damn about that set. 
I don't play card. I'm not, not, not going to look at a single card. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to look at a single card for that. I don't care. Yeah. You know, and that's whatever. But with creators that are trying to cover as many things as possible or feeling like you have to, that can very, very quickly and easily get overwhelming. And, you know, part of that is on the creator to be able to recognize, like, this is too much. I need to not do this. I need yeah. to have healthy boundaries within creation and that kind of stuff. And that's easier said than done sometimes. But, yeah. yeah. Just just worth pointing out. Yeah. Um, now, one other thing I wanted to cover before we... Uh, rounded things out was the formats that we talk about the most here modern pioneer pauper and commander just wanted to sort of have a then and now like how the format itself actually felt then versus now we did touch on it a little bit earlier on but we've got sort of we can go into a little bit more detail here so for example with modern back when we started i actually i hated modern at the time i hated it it was all Luris decks, it was all Mystic Sanctuary decks, Uro decks, just all of these decks with horrible play patterns. There was like Soul Herder, which was doing the like Ephemerate, a E-Witness, get back Time Warp, play Time Warp, get an extra turn, get back the E-Flick of the E-Witness, get back the Ephemerate, Ephemerate, get the Time Warp, and do the, like, horrible stuff. Horrible, horrible stuff. Whereas now, it is more expensive because of the likes of Modern Horizons 2 and that kind of thing. But I do think where we are now, because of the bans and the releases and that kind of thing, I think we're in a pretty good spot. I agree. Um, this is a bit of bias on my part, but I'm just so bored of the full-colour Yuri Index. Oh, yeah. Of, of course. It's just a pile of good cards, and I'm just tired of seeing it everywhere. It's, there's no yeah. deck-building creativity to it. You just put in a load of good cards into a deck, and yeah. that's it. I'm, that's my only criticism. Maybe Ren and Six mm-hmm. should see a ban. I don't know, but... Um, I'm just tired of seeing them everywhere because it just doesn't look fun to play nor watch. No, no, it really doesn't. But that aside, I do think the format's okay. Yeah. Format's okay, yeah. It's expensive, but that's going to happen when you have these Modern Horizon sets. Yeah, it is what it is now. But then Pioneer. This, I think, was the biggest change because when we started the podcast, we loved Pioneer, but we were not really too hyped about like doing too much content on it because well first of all there were no tournaments there were no competitive scene there was no reason to innovate there was no reason to play it felt like it was being forgotten about not long after it started because of the pandemic and that sucked because like i could see that there was an incredible format there Uh, like we knew that it was fun we knew it was great but people were like why would i bother like, I've already got a modern deck, and that's already a format that's clad in stone. It's it's there forever, you know? Whereas Pioneer at the time wasn't. But now it's starting to feel like that's changing. Particularly in the last, I would say, like, three months or so, it has yeah. really been pushed. It's really got an yeah. identity, which is nice. And since WhatSea are, like, supporting it with product, like with the Challenger decks that I mentioned earlier, a lot of the yeah. new cards that have entered the format have been pretty good outside of, like, Expressive Iteration and Winota. Mm. Generally, there just seems to be enough innovation there, which is quite nice to see. People Absolutely. are changing stuff yeah. all the time. Yeah. One thing that I've heard a lot of people say about Pioneer at the moment is that it feels an awful lot like Modern did a few years ago. Yeah. Like pre-MH1, MH2 Modern, where, you know, good, strong mid-range decks could just be good, strong mid-range decks that aren't just full of the most broken cards in the format, you know? Which is cool. I like it. And then Popper. 
So, I tried to remember what Popper was like around that time, but I couldn't really remember a whole lot about it, to be honest. I can't remember too much either, to be honest, because I felt like I lost two years of my life during the pandemic, um, yeah. to be honest. And I think everyone can relate to that. Um, I remember being vaguely being up in the air and just Watsy taking a lot of time to ban problematic cards, so stuff like Fall mm. from Favour that we mentioned earlier, and banning incorrect cards, uh, such as like Expedition Map and stuff, and leaving stuff mm-hmm. like Tron a little unchecked for a while and things like that. Yeah. It just came a little stagnant, I think, um, due to that. But now mm. you've got a format panel that cares a lot about the format and is very proactive looking at trends and what to ban. So the format is in better hands. Yeah. Potentially a few niggles, like if the, the core of affinity is still pretty strong. But I'm really excited to see what these downshifts do in Double Masters 2022 because yeah. I think that's going to shake up the format in a huge way. Uh, most notably, obviously, Monastery Swiss Beer. That's oh, the yeah. most exciting one. You've got various ways you can build prowess with that card now mm. and burn so i'm really excited to see what happens with these downshifts um, yeah. in the coming weeks yeah i personally will be keeping a close eye on popper because it is looking like it's going to be completely shaken up very yeah. similarly to sort of the way the pioneer was when the likes of teferi and all those were banned that yeah. kind of same feel right now yeah the thing about Pauper, just having these downshifts is a really unique thing to the format so i'm really glad you know what's have just been mm. Hey, here's like 20 downshifts. Enjoy, you know, and there's yeah. something for everyone as well. It's not just like Swiss Spear. You've got a bunch of cards, True. which we talked about last week. Absolutely. And then the other format that I wanted to talk about was Commander. So at the time, 2020, I wasn't really all that much into Commander. I was starting to get into it and it was fine. You know, like I had noticed that the games themselves were significantly more fun than engaging with the community was on Twitter. Which, you know, surprise, surprise, that's how <laughs> yeah. it is for everything. And it was good. It was fun. You know, like, I didn't know all that much about, you know, Rule Zero conversations or, like, you know, whether you should or shouldn't play something at a specific time or in a specific deck or in a certain game or whatever. And I learned that over the course of the pandemic, trial by fire through playing hundreds of games over webcam. And now my opinion is that the format's fine yeah it's still the same uh the discourse on twitter very much still ruins the fun every time there's discourse what i'm trying to do now is not engage and instead go play some games with my friends and then feel significantly better about whatever they're talking about and there's one other change that i think i touched on like months ago right and that is that I think the community spirit is better now than it ever has been, at least on Twitter. And the reason that I say that is because there's more gameplay. There's more gameplay content. You know, there are more people like myself uh, setting up, like, just commander gameplay, set up a stream, you know, put the VOD on YouTube or whatever. Some people edit it, some people don't. And, like, nobody really minds all that much. What I find fascinating, okay, and this is someone who has, like, a background in media and that kind of thing, is that expectations of production quality have actually dropped. That's wild. That never happens. People don't have their expectations lowered in media. They're always raised, right? Like, when new technology comes out or new editing stuff comes out or new CGI or whatever it is, the expectations get higher because the improvements are being made. Whereas here, the wild thing was the bar was set basically by game nights essentially, right? Like, Command Zone set the bar extremely, extremely high because they have a ton of money, they have 
all that equipment. They're industry professionals. They have all that stuff done. They have a whole team behind them and everything. Your average person that is setting up a gameplay stream or whatever can't attain that. It's impossible. It's not feasible whatsoever. And people now know that because people started playing on Spelltable. People started playing and like putting it onto Twitch and putting it onto YouTube and that kind of thing. And people, turns out, are totally fine without the super flashy animations and the cuts like it's a reality TV show or whatever. Like that, People just don't really need it. You know, I know some people like it and I know some people hate it, but it's not actually necessary. No one really has that kind of expectation anymore. No one looks at... If someone's going to look for Commander gameplay, they're not going to be put off by the fact that it's just a top-down look on all four playmats where everything is relatively clear and visible and people are keeping things in order and it looks relatively neat and you can sort of parse what's going on. That's fine. You can you can kind of work it out. You don't need, like I said, all these flashy animations and stuff. And I think that's fantastic because it obviously wasn't intentional by the likes of Game Nights and stuff, but it very much gatekept content from a lot of creators, smaller creators in particular, because they felt like they couldn't stand up to the likes of game nights like why would anyone watch my mediocre stream over game nights and well it turns out that like they might just like you or the way you build your decks or the people that you have on or whatever or the way you edit it or don't edit it it's great it's it's just an open little biome of people and being able to just make the content the way you want or the way you're able to and people just like it yeah. And the networking as well, mm. the way the networking, because like you will have like one creator like myself, I will invite three other creators usually onto the stream. I then get to have some like personal like game time with them while also creating content, while also networking. And that's a fantastic little way to sort of mesh the whole community together and like overlap communities and audiences and that kind of thing. And just like making it a more well-knit just nice place to be and exist as well and i think that's great too yeah one thing i realized during the pandemic that gave birth to spell table so that's a big reason to why commander is just so much more accessible and much more better digitally Mm -hmm. like you can play online and stuff and i think that's just a big thing that's what made commander just so much better and much more accessible especially for someone like me who's not deep in the commander circles it's just nice to have that you know what i fancy playing with some friends across the world i can do that yep here's a a webcam let's go that's great absolutely that's it now at the risk of talking too much more uh there are one (laughs) or two other things just to cover first of all as a little bonus for any of the patrons you can jump into the show notes for today's episode and i have made a card of the week database so it's every single card of the week that we've had so far up until this point it took a lot of work going through all the show notes and pulling it all out and putting it all in and yes it could have been so much easier for myself if i just started this from day one but i didn't so i did it the hard way uh it's now available there you can take a look at that sheet you can access it whenever you want i hope to update it if it's ever not updated you let me know and i will update it but it is there just a bunch of neat cards that we've thought were great over the course of the episodes and that kind of thing And then finally, we just want to talk about a couple of things that we want to do a little bit more of, because we will admit we have been sort of caught up in a number of different things recently, like for a little while there while you were away, for example, Emma, we had a bunch of guests on and stuff and talking about different topics. And then we've been talking about a lot of the set releases and that kind of thing, and then ban restricted announcements, you know, like very much like 
you know, week to week kind of stuff, which is, it's hard to move away from when there's always something going on. But we do want to highlight that there are a bunch of things that we did before that we do want to do again and do more of. Like, for example, the likes of the Modern Highlights or the Pioneer Primers episodes where we dedicate an episode to a deck and we give a budget version and how to upgrade and we could also do one for pauper as well because we both love pauper so very much we and can. it is budget so mm. it's a lot of boxes um Absolutely. and also a couple of, of our keen listeners really enjoyed the commander challenge we did you know when we did the mm. one for quintorius which is now my commander deck um mm-hmm. i think people would appreciate more just Deck building challenges on a budget with a random commander and just go to town. Yeah. I love sitting down and building decks for commander. I absolutely I love it. Do. It's one of my favorite pastimes. If we can turn that into an episode, that is 10 out of 10 I'm for doing, me. I'm doing something similar with Mazzy, True Sword Paladin, which is like the Naya Bogles mm-hmm. Aura's uh, commander. I'm making a commander based on of the cards that are in my house. I'm not buying any mm-hmm. new cards and I'm just going to see how far I can get. Nice. Obviously, there is going to be an episode coming up over uh, probably a few weeks from now, a little bit further away. But rotation is going to be happening in Standard. and September, I believe. Yeah, that still does happen. So we are going to have a rotation <laughs> pickups thing, despite the fact that people aren't really playing Standard and Paper ever again. Or currently, at least. And then there's also format-specific budget deep dives. So, you know, covering mana bases in Pioneer or Modern or that kind of thing you know we'll we'll want to get back into doing a few more things like that and then obviously we'll want to get more guests on absolutely mm-hmm. and let's be honest we love lists everyone loves a list we're probably going to do more lists i can talk about yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> we're probably going to be doing more like list episodes and stuff where we're like top 10 blah 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 because you know i can't believe what number five is yeah like we'll admit sometimes it is phoning it in a little bit because it's like it's a list it's kind of easy but at the same time it's still fun and people like listening to them and you know it sort of sparks some conversation where like people can respond either in the discord or on twitter or whatever being like oh you forgot about this one what about that and then we can start chatting about it there and that kind of thing so it's fun too so if anyone has been thinking like oh we've been sort of straying a little bit or we're a little different to what we used to be we're aware uh, we're yeah. very aware. Watsi's release schedule is uh, really riding oh. us right now. So <laughs> we're trying to make that not happen anymore. But <laughs> yeah, so geez, that was a lot of stuff. A lot happened in two years, just under. An awful lot happened. <laughs> yeah, hell of a lot of stuff. Yeah. Here's to another 100 episodes this month. Yeah, imaginary cheers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so have we got any Q&A before we close off? Uh, so we have a combination of Q&A and just general comments and feedback because it is our 100th episode. So mm-hmm. we've got a question from Monsu Light on the Discord. They ask, are there any other projects coming from both of you soon and or are you planning to put VODs on YouTube? We addressed the YouTube thing a little while ago. That is just literally a software thing because Adobe Premiere sucks. It's from what I can gather. It's Adobe Premiere sucks and my PC really sucks okay so (laughs) it's both yeah but when it comes to other projects and that kind of thing there may be some things in the future there's nothing fully solidified just yet at least on my side but i do have some plans there are some there's a plan to plan i guess if you want to put (laughs) it that way 
You know, like, it's like, I'm not saying I'll try, but I'll try to try. It's like that, yes. only, like, I'm planning to plan. I have ideas, yeah. but it's just carving the time out with what's the release schedule and my full-time job. Yeah. Hopefully I can find more time to do other stuff soon, um, but we'll see. Yeah. I can't make any promises right now, but I would like to. Mm-hmm. The intention's there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and F the Major asks, congrats on the big hundred. How do you both feel about doing a modern stream, trying out budget brews in the near or far future? We talked about it before, yeah. but again, just timing commitments has just been difficult. It's a great idea. It has. Yes, I, I do think it is a great idea, and I do think it is something that's possible, particularly with Spelltable. Yes. Um, but yeah, I would I would put that on the to so I suppose to pull a, a marrow on it. It would be when rather than if. So. Yeah, it's just yeah. finding a regular sort of schedule as well because you don't just want to do this one time and then not do it ever again. I think there needs mm. to be some repetition to it as well. Um, yeah. And then finally, we've got a question, uh, a comment from Duck. Mm-hmm. Great name, by the way, off Twitter. And they ask, hi, BMcast. I recently started binging your podcast while at work, and I love this podcast. I work incredibly long yes. hours, and you two have helped pass the time. I mainly play Commander, but it's nice to learn, learn about different formats. I pour for a modern, so here's to another hundred. Here's to another hundred. Yeah. Imaginary cheers. Imaginary cheers. And one day we'll <laughs> actually meet each other too. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to us here at the BMcast and a special thanks to our patrons. At the Cheering Fanatic tier we have Tom Telford, Anthony Burchett, Christopher McCarthy, Edward Whitney, Evil Vanilla Glaze, Ian Holland, Jeff Eaton, Jonas Kong, Kilgore Trout 503, Matthew O'Neill, Max Makes Magic, MF Peaches, Mini Maya, Monsoon Light, Nicholas Martin, Ozan Kaplaner, Scott Hanch, The Jess Guy, The Joe Cheney, Zachary Morrow, Tim Newman and Paul Newman. And at the Stonks tier, we have A Nice Planeswalker, Alex Gibson, Bo Schwartz Madsen, Brian A. Madden, Coffee, Everett Brogan, Nurblin, Mickey Paris, Scott Creech, Seamus MC, Simon Grip, Jamie Coyle, and Clyde Anderson. Thank you all for helping to keep this podcast on the air. We can't thank you enough. If you want to support us and add your name to this list of lovely people, head on over to patreon.com forward slash the BMcast. If you have any questions, comments, or sweet brews, you can email us at budgetmagiccast at gmail.com or message us on Twitter at the BMcast. We'll be back next week to give you even more bang for your buck. Bye.